Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome into Fanball's Fantasy Football Sunday on 610 Sports Radio. I am your host, Steven Serta. Uh, Dusty Likens helping me produce this thing and playing the uh, the smooth, smooth jams this morning. Uh, I hope you took our advice and you got up early this morning to check your lineup as the... <laughs> Chargers are taking on the Titans in London. That game kicked off at 8.30 this morning. And Melvin Gordon is not playing today. Uh, So don't be like the guy in my league who, even after I sent him a text to remind him this morning, did not get up in time to take Melvin Gordon out of his lineup. I did play Austin Eckler in a couple of lineups, as he should be the workhorse back for them today with no Melvin Gordon. He's been very productive with Melvin Gordon in the lineup. So hopefully he's in for a big day. Chargers currently leading the Titans 7-3 to as the Chargers, Phillip Rivers hit Tyrell Williams on the first offensive play of the game for the Chargers for a 75-yard touchdown for the early lead. And that, we'll kind of keep an eye on that game as it's moving along. But we've got a jam-packed show today coming up in about 15 minutes. We'll hear from our guy Brian Johnson of fanball.com. And then immediately following me at 10 o'clock, Bink Sunday. Bink will be on from 10 a.m. to 11.30 p.m., then immediately following that. You can hear uh, the Patriots and Bears pregame right here on 610 Sports Radio. But let's go ahead and get into the matchups. So, yeah, hopefully you got up early enough to get Melvin Gordon out of your lineups. Other than that, I mean, you're playing Keenan Allen, obviously, in this game. You're playing Phillip Rivers, who's been very good. Hopefully you got those guys in your lineup. You got up early enough or you said it last night. And hopefully you didn't have Melvin Gordon on your team because he was a game-time decision anyways. And he is not active today. Tyrell Williams is a guy that's available in a lot of leagues. And this is back-to-back games now. He's taking the top off of defenses right now. He might be worth an ad in virtually every league because Mike Williams has been very, very quiet recently since looking, since looking like he was finally going to turn the corner in his second season in the NFL. So I don't think you can bank on Mike Williams much, and Tyrell Williams looks like he's the better Williams to have right now. Uh, as far as the Titans go, I really, really hope you didn't start any Titans player. You really shouldn't have outside of Corey Davis, I guess, because he's a, he's their number one wide receiver, but I don't want anything to do with the Tennessee Titans, period, right now. <laughs> Patriots at Bears. I already mentioned you can catch that pregame starting at 1130 right here on 610 Sports Radio immediately following Jay Binkley. Khalil Mack's questionable. Uh, I mean, obviously that's going to change the entire game if Khalil Mack doesn't play. He is expected to go, however, but the Bears might have to limit his workload with a ankle injury because they're he, he's a little iffy. 
So even if he does play, but he's got limited snaps and he doesn't look like himself, which he was kind of quiet last week when he got hurt and he didn't seem like he was the same player after he got hurt. That could affect this entire game. Uh, Now, Rob Gronkowski did not travel to Chicago with the Patriots. He is not expected to play in this game. That's going to open things up for Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon. We know the Bears' defense is very good, but you can score on this team. You can put up points on this team. You can get yards on this team, and the Patriots' offense looks like it is ready to start humming. I love their pass catchers, Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon. I love Josh Gordon in, in a lot of lineups today. I've got Josh Gordon starting in multiple leagues and multiple lineups across the fantasy world because I think he's got an opportunity to really take off today. As far as Sony Michelle and James White go, they're too good for you to bench either one of them right now, although it is worth noting the Bears have not allowed a rushing TD this season, and they've been very good against the run, against running backs in general. But James White has been nothing but consistent. He's one of the best pass-catching backs in the league right now, and Sony Michelle is just getting like 20, 25 carries a game. So you probably can't afford to bench either one of them, so I'm not even considering it. On the other side, I am benching Jordan Howard in more than one league this week. Tariq Cohen's been dynamic. The passing attack of the Chicago Bears is really starting to take off, and a lot of that is because of that running back who can stretch the field. Cohen has been a monster in back-to-back weeks. Coming out of their buy or coming off of their buy, he had a monster game. Prior to their buy, he had a monster game. And Jordan Howard has just been kind of all right this season, and and he hasn't gone over sixteen carries since like week two or something like that. So I just don't think there's a spot in this offense right now for Jordan Howard. Now. You probably can't bench him in season-long leagues because odds are you don't have guys that are much better than Jordan Howard. I am benching him in multiple season-long leagues, but I was able to get a guy who I felt more comfortable starting over Jordan Howard. He's just, he's going to be a a game script guy, it seems like. You know, when if the Bears have these, have these games where they wind up getting up big early, we're going to see a lot of Jordan Howard in the second half where he's just going to run the ball. But as of right now, Tart Cohen looks like he is the running back that you want to play. Allen Robinson is questionable, but he is expected to play. I'm, you know, you can be a little bit worried about his potential workload. Maybe he's going to be matched up with Stephon Gilmore all day. He's the Patriots' best cornerback. It's a very tough matchup for Allen Robinson, but he's still getting the looks. He's still getting the targets, so I'm still playing him in a couple of lineups, but he hasn't necessarily had a monster game yet. He's just been very consistent. As far as other Bears pass catchers go, Taylor Gabriel has been a monster recently. I think you need to play him because you can obviously beat this Patriots team over the top as we saw last week against the Chiefs. He is their field stretcher. They are looking at him deep. I think Taylor Gabriel is a very, very solid play. And Trey Burton, you're playing, although he hasn't been particularly great, you probably don't have anybody better at the tight end position that you can start over Trey Burton. So get Trey Burton in your lineup against the Patriots. (laughs) Buffalo Bills at the Indianapolis Colts. Derek Anderson is your starting quarterback today. Is Josh Allen still hurt? Nathan Peterman's the worst quarterback in the NFL. So they went and picked up Derek Anderson a couple of weeks ago, and he is all of a sudden starting. I'm probably playing LaShawn McCoy today. You shouldn't play any other Buffalo Bill pretty much ever. But LaShawn McCoy did have a bunch of carries last week. He's starting to look like he is their workhorse back after early on in the season. He was in more of a timeshare with Chris Ivory and things like that. So I think LaShawn McCoy is a guy that you can play today. I can't imagine that they're looking for Derek Anderson to throw 25, 30 times in this game. So I think LaShawn McCoy's in for a heavy workload day as far as the Colts go. Ryan Grant is not in this one. So Chester Rogers is a guy worth 
worth potentially taking a flyer on because we know the Colts like to throw the ball. And T.Y. Hilton is expected to be back. T.Y. Hilton should be in your lineups, even though this is a very tough matchup as he's probably going against Tredavious White, who Tredavious White looks like he is a, a budding shutdown corner. And the Bills' defense has actually been very good since week three of the NFL season. So it is a tough matchup, but you've probably been praying for T.Y. Hilton to come back as most of you probably drafted him fairly high. And Marlon Mack is healthy. Marlon Mack, he he split a lot of a lot of snaps with Neheim Hines last week, but Marlon Mack was a clear-cut number one running back. He handled all of the rushing duties, had 12 carries for 89 yards. It was very effective. And I've been touting Marlon Mack all season. If he could just get on the field and stay healthy, I think he is the most talented running back that the Colts have. Hopefully he stays healthy right now, and hopefully they continue to give him work because I think that he's got a shot at producing, and they desperately need a running game. So I really like Marlon Mack. And I think Andrew Luck is for sure in your lineup today. I know the Bear, or the Bills defense has been better recently, but Andrew Luck is still throwing it a ton. He's been very good recently. He's throwing touchdowns. He's starting to open up the field a little bit more than he was early on in the season. So get Andrew Luck in your lineup. <laughs> Detroit at Miami. Lions are really, really bad against the run, guys. I know, I know Kenyon Drake isn't somebody who, you know, maybe you took a, uh, a shot at him in your draft with a fairly reasonable draft pick because you thought he was a potential sleeper. I was personally staying away from him in every draft that I did this year. But he got a lot of work last week. I know him and Frank Gore are in a timeshare, and they're going to continue to be in a timeshare. But Kenyon Drake got a lot of work last week, and the Detroit Lions are absolutely brutal against running back in the running game and the passing game. He did fumble on the goal line, however. But if he didn't fumble on the goal line last week, he has a pretty decent outing. And I would imagine that the Dolphins probably don't want to throw a ton with Brock Osweiler. I know Brock Osweiler was pretty good last week, but a lot of that was his him getting the ball out to his receivers on short passes and then his receivers making the plays for the long gains. So I don't really have any faith that Brock Osweiler is going to continue to put up big games, but I do kind of like Kenyon Drake in this one. As far as Matthew Stafford goes, he should obviously be in your lineup. He's got multiple touchdowns in every game this year. Dolphins have been giving up points and yards all year to the position. Golden Tate should be in for a very good day. Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, however, might have to switch off work against Xavier Howard, who is quickly becoming a shutdown corner. So their matchups are much tougher than Golden Tate's are today coming out of the slot. And Golden Tate still pacing the team in targets. If I had to pick one of the guys today, I think I'm going Kenny Galladay, who seems to have a better relationship with Matthew Stafford this season. And I think he is the highest upside guy, up, upside guy on the team. Karrion Johnson, I mean, he should he should get work today. You can absolutely run on this Miami Dolphins team. Cameron Wake might not play, so I hope that they use Karrion Johnson, but they're still doing this frustrating thing in Matt Patricia's offense where they absolutely insist on having some type of timeshare with him and LeGarrette Blount and Theo Riddick. It is absolutely infuriating because you know he is the most talented running back on that team. <laughs> Panthers at the Philadelphia Eagles. I know my guy Dusty Likens thinks this one's going to be a shootout. It should be pretty fun as neither one of these defenses is quite as good as we thought they would be coming into the season. Christian McCaffrey has been quiet lately. I told you I didn't love Christian McCaffrey as a stud running back. I think he is a very talented player and it's not a knock on him personally. Yeah, I just didn't I just didn't have the faith in him that a lot of other people did to be this clear-cut number one running back. He's going to get the work, and he's very good in the passing game. And the Eagles are actually an elite run defense. They they are going back to last season, but they've ha- they've let pass-catching running backs do a little damage against them. So Christian McCaffrey does have a chance today, and you're obviously not benching him in season-long formats. 
Devin Funches is clearly Cam's top wide receiver, and this is a favorable matchup for him, so I would put him in your lineup as Philadelphia has been getting burned quite a bit this season by opposing wide receivers. Greg Olson's obviously in your lineup because, as I've mentioned multiple times, you just don't have very many favorable guys in the tight end department this season, and Greg Olson is going to get a lot of looks from Cam Newton despite coming back from injury last week. And I mean, the Eagles are pretty good at home. Obviously, you're playing Cam Newton in this one. But the Eagles' defense has been much better at home than it has been on the road. So it is a tougher matchup for them than I think most people are expecting it to be. As far as the Philadelphia Eagles go, Wendell Smallwood or Corey Clement. Smallwood got the bigger workload last week, but Clement was coming off of an injury. And, and Clement was a little bit more effective. I, I just... As I said last week, I still don't want a ton to do with that backfield because I think it's going to be a committee, especially when Darren Sproles gets back. We're going to see three running backs get involved with the Eagles. It's just not, it's something Doug Peterson insists on doing, and it's just something that I don't really want a part of. Alshon Jeffrey, however, has been very good since returning from injury. It's Carson Wentz's favorite target besides Zach Ertz, who's obviously in your lineup every week. Panther secondary isn't very good. Like Baylor's got a pretty good run defense. They got a good linebacking core, but their secondary is pretty trash. So, I mean, you can beat this Panthers secondary over the top. So Nelson Aguilar has a chance today, but he is so he's been so risky this season that I'm not playing him with any type of confidence. So really, Alshon Jeffrey, the only guy, and Zach Ertz are the only two pass catchers for the Philadelphia Eagles that I am absolutely locking into my lineups this week. We got to hit a quick timeout, but when we get back, we're going to catch up with our good friend Brian Johnson of Fanball.com. Fantasy Football Sunday, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back into Fanball's Fantasy Football Sunday. Text line 69306. You can send me your lineup questions. I will try to answer those throughout the show to the best of my ability. Sometimes I forget to look at the text line. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Or you can tweet at me, at Steven Serta. On Twitter, Arrowhead Pride Tailgate, presented by Albright Buick GMC Cadillac, starts tonight at 520. Takes you right up to kickoff of the Bengals and the Chiefs. Pete Sweeney, Mike Wickett, guys got to get tuned into that. It's one of the best pregame shows here in Kansas City. But right now, we are joined by my guy, Brian Johnson. I know Brian did not forget to set his alarm this morning to make sure he got Melvin Gordon out of his lineup. No, I did not. Uh, and I guess, unfortunately, I don't have a ton of uh, Melvin Gordon shares, uh, but I guess that's a good thing today. But, uh, yeah, got to love uh, all-day football, but it is, uh, <laughs> it is a little bit of a bead to wake up this early and uh, make sure everything's in order. Oh, yeah, we have uh, we have a couple listeners on the West Coast who were very upset about getting up at 6.30 this morning to see if Melvin Gordon was was playing or not. But hey, that's what you got to do. Hopefully you got Austin Eckler into your lineup. Or Tyrell Williams, really, right? Yes, yes. I, I don't know what is going on with him right now. I was more of a Mike Williams fan myself, but Tyrell, keep keep doing big things, sir. So, Brian, this week I want to start with you. So, Marlon Mack finally made his way back, and I've been kind of a Marlon Mack truther. Uh, people are giving me crap because I spend way too much time talking about Marlon Mack, but I thought Marlon Mack was genuinely the Colts' most talented running back if he could ever get on the field. He finally did that last week, and he was pretty effective with the 12 carries that he got. I mean, 
Neheim Hines still got a fair amount of snaps, but he wasn't quite as involved as Marlon Mack was. But moving forward, do you think that both of those guys still have value, or is this is Mack getting ready to take over this backfield? Um, you would think Mack is getting ready to take this over. Uh, so he certainly has value in, in both standard and PPR formats. But uh, right now, Neheim Hines is uh, he's definitely droppable in uh, standard formats right now. Uh, clean he likes in terms of value uh, in PPR. Uh, he's a guy you should have sold high on a couple weeks ago because his stock was uh, way higher than it is right now. But, yeah, Max looks good, uh, 5.6 yards per carry through uh, his last two games. And uh, not a great matchup today. Um, Buffalo is good against the run. Oh, no, just Buffalo is not as good against the run as they are against the pass. So I, I like Mac in this game specifically, but uh, I think you're going to keep him, uh, you know, distance himself even further from Hines as long as he stays healthy. And Jordan Wilkins, of course, is a, a afterthought at this point. So we had a very big news on Friday that kind of came out of nowhere when Jacksonville decided to trade with Cleveland for Carlos Hyde. We know about their running back issues throughout the season with Leonard Fournette. Now they're saying Leonard Fournette might not be available for up to three more weeks going into Jacksonville's bye week. And so they traded for Carlos Hyde to get another body on their roster because they're they are dropping running backs like flies. Basically only had TJ Yeldon. They signed a decrepit, as much as it hurts me to say, Jamal Charles to try to just have an extra body on the roster. But moving forward, Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson in Cleveland, like this, this is going to wildly impact both rosters potentially. So what are our feelings on Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson moving forward? And then what are our feelings about the Jacksonville backfield? Uh, well, we'll find out uh, what kind of usage Chubb is going to get right out of the gate. So I'm not one that thinks he's going to get 20 touches today. Uh, I think they'll ease him in a little bit more. I think he's certainly locked for 10 to 15. Uh, but, you know, they paid Duke Johnson a lot of money in Cleveland, and uh, he can handle the ball on the ground eight to ten times a game. Maybe upwards of 12 if they really want to give him those carries, and he'll still dominate the change of uh, pace duties. Uh, Chubb, you know, he'll, he'll be the goal line guy in the – Probably easily the first, you know, first and second down guy. So he's uh, still an RB2, high end RB2 ceiling for me this year. Show that is. Some people have him pegged as an RB1 already. I, I need to see, I need to see <laughs> evidence of that moving forward. And then for Jacksonville, and uh, Duke is certainly flex worthy, almost an RB2 in PPR now, but uh, flex worthy in standard. Yeah. You know, Jacksonville, I don't know. <laughs> PJ Yeldon supposedly, I mean, Carlos Hyde might up today, which uh, scares me for Yeldon. you got to play Yeldon regardless. Uh, yeah. But Hyde could uh, vulture a touchdown in that case, which uh, would suck, obviously, for Hyde owners. And yeah, Leonard Fournette, he's going to be out for a while. Which, like, and I'm not convinced he'll be back at uh, 100% anytime in the regular season. But uh, I got nothing to, any, to tell you that anything anyone else hasn't told you about that situation, but that's how it plays out. Yeah, and I, I have Leonard Fournette in a dynasty league. I absolutely love Leonard Fournette's talent. He's got injury issues going all the way back to college, so it doesn't seem like he's going to be healthy anytime this year. And by the time he actually does come back, who knows how much he can actually contribute to your roster. I'm I'm kind of with you on Duke Johnson and Nick Chubb. I got to wait and see it. Duke Johnson, like I, I think Duke Johnson's going to be a little bit more involved than people are giving him credit for just because he's got the experience and we've seen him do it before, especially as a pass catching back. And the, and the Browns have been throwing the football a lot. So... Well the Cardinals 
are an awful team, as you, as you know, Brian. But they did announce yeah, after. Let's not talk about the Cardinals, Stephen. Let's not talk about the Cardinals. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to talk, talk about, about Byron Leftwich as their new offensive coordinator? No. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about what's going on today. <laughs> All right. Fair, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. So, Devontae Freeman is going to be out for a while. Tevin Coleman, obviously going to be the guy. He's got the more experience over the younger Edo Smith. But Edo Smith has been a serious factor lately as he is he is scoring touchdowns. He's vulturing touchdowns left and right from Tevin Coleman. And Tevin Coleman hasn't been wildly effective. So where do you value both of these guys moving forward this year? I, mean, I know there's potential for Freeman to possibly return at some point, but these are going to be the guys moving forward in the near future. Yeah, I'm not holding on for Freeman. Uh I was, I'm, I'm, I was, and not. I guess I can't say still, but I was always a big Tevin Coleman guy. But he's been a huge disappointment. And at this point, Edo Smith looks like a better running back, and that's evident in terms of uh, touches and uh, snap share. Uh, still, has not only closed the gap, he has surpassed Coleman. So, I'm going to just give him the slight, <laughs> the slight nod over Coleman at this point until uh, Tevin can show up, show me otherwise. And uh, he's not doing himself any favors either. Coleman, that is, going into his. Uh, this is his contract year, and uh, he's not looking like he can carry the load as a lead back. Uh, so we'll see a lot on Monday night. Um, the Giants have a good run defense. They actually had a decent defense overall, as bad as the record is. But uh, I like, to answer your question quite simply, I like Edo Smith moving forward, especially in PPR. Looking at the Bears' backfield, obviously Tarek Cohen has been very good the past couple of games, and Jordan Howard has not been very good throughout the season. Jordan Howard was a guy that you probably took fairly high in your draft based on Matt Nagy saying that he was planning on using him in the passing game. I I, I don't I think Jordan Howard will still be involved enough to where you, you certainly shouldn't drop him or anything, but Jordan Howard's nowhere near an every week starter right now, correct? No, not unless you uh, are absolutely desperate. Uh, I've certainly... Benched him in a couple leagues, forced to still roll the dice and a few others. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's become a coin flip now uh, between me and Cohen, who's going to have the better game, and uh, how he's been using those. But I'm definitely not advocating dropping him by any means. But, uh, yeah, I still think he'll get rolling as the weather gets colder. And uh, this isn't an ideal matchup for Howard uh, if the Bears fall behind today. Simply against the Patriots. But, uh, again, it's tough to see what happens. But, uh, yeah, now it's... Uh, Cohen is more of the back that Matt Nagy is looking for at this point, it appears. But uh, hopefully they get, uh, they get deep in the red zone enough behind that offense where uh, Howard still turns value this season. But probably not the value that uh, he was going at in the second and third round in those drafts. Tell the people how they can win money at fanball.com, Brian. Uh, go to fanball.com and uh, join all the contests you can. We have uh, looks like some Overlay right now. We also have uh, daily drafts and uh, our new daily auctions that uh, the, uh, the brain child of Paul Charchian uh, is all about them. I've played plenty, of course, they're a ton of fun. They only take about 10 minutes, so there's plenty of time to hop in some auctions and daily drafts and uh, build out some salary cap lineups while you're watching the game right now. And also, we have the Chiefs and Bengals game on our main fleet, unlike the other sites. So if you want to get your Chiefs players in, and of course you do, in the uh, daily lineups, we have them in our main slate on Fanball, but you will not find them on the main slate on other sites. So there you go. Very nice. He's Brian Johnson, Fanball.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at BTXJ. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you next week, Brian. Thanks, Stephen. Go Chiefs.
All right, coming up next, we will dive back into some matchups. Fanball's Fantasy Football Sunday, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back into Fanball's Fantasy Football Sunday. I am your host, Steven Serta. You just heard it. Coming up tonight, 520 Arrowhead Pride Tailgate, presented by Albright Buick GMC Cadillac, Pete Sweeney, Mike Wickett. We'll take you right up to kickoff of the Bengals versus the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. I know we are all very excited about that. And coming up at 10, Bink Sundays from 10 to 1130 today, and that is followed immediately by the Bears and the Patriots. That should be a very good game. Hopefully, Khalil Mack is going to play and be effective in this one as he is questionable, but I mean, that, that game's going to be really good. I enjoy seeing great players take on other great players, so I really hope that Khalil Mack can get it figured out and get into that game. But we got a bunch more matchups to get through, so let's get back to it. I'm going to get loaded. That's right. My loaded matchup of the week, Cleveland at Tampa Bay. Now, you might think this is kind of a weird matchup to load up on players on, but... Tampa Bay's defense is just that bad. Duke Johnson and Nick Chubb should obviously be rostered in every league moving forward as they traded Carlos Hyde earlier this week. Chubb, we are expecting to get the the bulk of the rushing attempts. Yeah, that's there we go. I struggled through that a little bit. But Duke Johnson is still going to be a factor here, and I don't think Duke Johnson is getting enough credit for how much I believe he is going to be a factor. He's been getting more work in recent weeks. He is obviously the better pass-catching back as Nick Chubb is a rookie, and Duke Johnson's proven that he can be very effective when he's used that way, and I think that the Browns want to throw the ball. I, I know Carlos Hyde hasn't been effective recently running the ball, so that could lend to the fact, and they've struggled on defense a little bit more recently, so that could lend to the fact that they've been throwing the ball a lot more, but they're also just trying to get Baker Mayfield as much work as possible. David Njoku is a must start in this game as Tampa Bay is the absolute worst team in the NFL against tight ends. And David Njoku, since Baker Mayfield took over as their starting quarterback, is leading the team in targets, scored his first touchdown of the year last week, and he's been trending up every single week since Baker took over the reins. And I think Baker Mayfield, if you're struggling at quarterback this week, We've got Green Bay, Oakland, Pittsburgh, and Seattle on by. So if you have Aaron Rodgers, if you have Big Ben, if you have Russell Wilson, and you're hurting at quarterback, I think Baker Mayfield is a guy that you should have picked up this week and probably put into your lineups. I know he hasn't been great so far. He's a rookie. He's still learning. He's still on a team that's very young, that has talent, but hasn't quite figured everything out yet. Baker Mayfield is ready for a breakout, though, as his next four games are very, very favorable matchups. As far as the wide receivers go, Jarvis Landry, Tampa Bay is the worst defense in the NFL against opposing slot wide receivers. So Jarvis Landry looking to get back into the wing column today as he has been quiet recently. And as far as Antonio Callaway goes, I mean, the Browns are thin at wide receiver. Antonio Callaway is a rookie. He's got a lot of talent. He can stretch the field, but he is dropping passes left and right. They are not very happy with him, but... If you're desperate, Antonio Callaway might be somebody that you just take a flyer on. I've considered putting him in in a couple lineups. I've got him stashed on my bench because of his potential. But he could be a guy that if he doesn't produce today, he can be a guy that you can probably drop in all in all of your leagues. As far as the Bucks go, 
Mike Evans should be in your lineup despite the discouraging numbers with Jameis Winston. He's still far too talented of a player for you to consider that. And the Bucs can't run the football. So they're going to get opportunities downfield. Deshaun Jackson also in my lineup. I know the Browns' defense is better this year. They've got tons of young talent, but they've still been struggling as of late. They're still injured in the secondary, missing Terrence Mitchell, who had actually been very good this season. And O.J. Howard has been fantastic this year. In a in a very thin tight end pool, you can't afford to sit a guy like O.J. Howard. Cameron Brait looked good last week. He got a touchdown pass. But O.J. Howard is my tight end that I want for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers moving forward. I think he is going to be a stud. I think he's got star potential if he stays on the field and he stays healthy. Peyton Barber was actually kind of effective last week. Um, Ronald Jones, prior to their bye week, Ronald Jones was getting a little bit more run as Peyton Barber just looked terrible and wasn't doing anything with, like, he was getting, like, top five carries in the NFL. Like, that's how much work he was getting. It was doing absolutely nothing with it. So, but then... Come, at, come back last week, has best game of the season. Ronald Jones wasn't a factor. I still think Ronald Jones is a guy that maybe you can add in deep leagues to just stash at the end of your bench for potential later on in the season. But Peyton Barber appears to be the guy. But I am absolutely loading up on this matchup across the board, including Chris Godwin, who just catches touchdown passes. Uh, Houston at Jacksonville. It pains me to say this, and, and, and I really hate myself for saying it because I love both of these teams to some extent. But Jacksonville, I mean, you just can't bank on anyone in their offense right now. And Houston's defense is actually pretty good this year. They've been really good against the run, so it's a tough matchup for Yeldon, but he's going to get the bulk of the work. They're claiming Carlos Hyde is going to get some reps today. So like Brian Johnson of Fanball.com just told you, there's a fair chance that Carlos Hyde could vulture some touchdowns, which is going to hurt Yeldon's value. Odds are, if you have Yeldon, you probably have to start him just because of the potential for the work that he is going to get. So I think you've got to lean that way. As far as the receivers go, I mean, I'm not, if I can help it, you know, unless I'm desperate on a bye week, I'm not starting Blake Bortles. He's just too inconsistent for me to ever feel comfortable with that. Keelan Cole slowed down a little bit. He's getting outpaced in the target department by D.D. Westbrook, who is leading the team in yards, touchdowns, and catches now this season. Moncrief, Dante Moncrief. I actually had someone try to trade me Dante Moncrief this week as if they were doing me a favor by offering Dante Moncrief. I laughed in their face, and I'm going to tell you what I told them. Dante Moncrief doesn't belong on a roster. Like Dante Moncrief has had, has had one really nice game this season. He's going to have hit or miss games here or there where he might be effective and he might score a touchdown or something like that. But Dante Moncrief is never going to be consistent enough to where you should start him in any league on any given week unless one of these other guys goes down. Jacksonville wide receivers that you want right now are Westbrook and Cole because Cole's still got potential, although Westbrook seems like he is becoming the most consistent option in that passing game. I have no idea who the tight end is. I think it's James O'Shaughnessy, former chief as they had to put Austin Safari and Jenkins on IR. So if I'm starting any wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars in this game, I think it's going to be D.D. Westbrook just because he seems to be the most consistent guy. As far as the Houston Texans go, it goes without saying that you're playing DeAndre Hopkins. Will Fuller was trending to be that kind of player prior to being injured. And man... Houston's offensive line is just bad. Deshaun Watson has been struggling since he started the season, throwing multiple touchdown passes in the first few games of the year. He's struggled the last couple. 
And I just don't have faith that Deshaun's going to be able to turn this thing around. I know they are a talented team, but that offensive line is just so bad. And Jacksonville, after getting embarrassed against Dallas last week, is looking to get back into the win column and looking to prove that their defense is still a dominant unit. And I think they are just going to give Deshaun Watson fits all day today. You can't afford to bench DeAndre Hopkins in season-long lineups, but I don't really want anything to do with him as far as my DFS lineups go. But, and that that being said, I think Will Fuller, depending on how desperate you are, you still start Will Fuller. But Will Fuller, until he's healthy, I don't know if I'm confident in Will Fuller right now. But as far as the running game goes, I don't want anything to do with Lamar Miller. I told you that last week. Lamar Miller should not be in your lineup. He has not been effective. He's not been a very good player. The Texans are just begging for Deontay Foreman to come back. <laughs> According to Sal Palantonio, the winds in Philadelphia today are going to be around 25 to 30 miles per hour. That is not great. That can seriously affect the passing game. So that that bumps up the value of the Eagles running backs and the Carolina Panthers running backs a little bit today. So maybe Christian McCaffrey is going to tear it up. Although the Eagles run defense has been very good this season, but Christian McCaffrey still the lead back there. So, I mean, for what it's worth, maybe Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement are going to get a lot more work today than I thought. Next matchup, New Orleans at Baltimore. This game's got me a little sports horny. It's not, I, I think it's going to be an ugly game offensively just because both of these defenses are good. New Orleans defense started out the season struggling a little bit, but they have really come on recently. They've been very good recently. They're actually one of the best run defenses in the NFL, so I don't like the prospects of Buck Allen, Alex Collins. But, of course, you're starting Michael Thomas. But the Baltimore Ravens secondary has been very, very good this season. They are the best pass defense in the NFL. They're one of the best overall defenses in the NFL. They sacked Marcus Mariota 11 times last week. I know the Titans aren't nearly as good offensively as the New Orleans Saints. But this just feels like, and and people are going to be upset about this because coming off of a bye, you're hoping to get Alvin Kamara going again, who Alvin Kamara we know is a star player. But prior to the bye week, it was a heavy Drew Brees game. It was a Michael Thomas game. Ted Ginn went on IR. And so their pass catchers had been tearing it up. Alvin Kamara was kind of a non-factor as Mark Ingram made his way back. Mark Ingram had two touchdowns. And this game feels like it's a grinded out Mark Ingram game. Like, I, I don't love Drew Brees today. I don't love Michael Thomas. But Michael Thomas is too good for you to bench in your season-long leagues. This just feels like one of those games where they're just going to try to go with the power running game against that against that tough Baltimore defense. And I think Mark Ingram is going to get a ton of carries today. So I don't necessarily love Alvin Kamara either. As far as the Baltimore offensive weapons go, I told you I'm not playing Buck Allen. I'm not playing Alex Collins this week. I think I am going to play John Brown. I, I don't love Michael Crabtree's matchup, but New Orleans secondary has been inconsistent so far this year. John Brown... I mean, Michael Carvey, they've been going out of their way to get him more involved. He's just been inconsistent with the drops. John Brown seems to be their most reliable pass catcher, and you can beat this secondary deep. So if they're going to take some shots, I'm banking on it being to John Brown. (laughs) Rams at the Niners. Probably dropped Marquise Goodwin, and honestly, it it was probably worth you dropping him based on his early season performance. C.J. Beathard. Didn't really expect that much out of him. But this is what happens when you have a really good coach. They can make players that aren't that talented 
perform above their standards. I'm not saying C.J. Beathard is an overly talented player, but I think Kyle Shanahan is that good of a coach. I think he is an innovative offensive mind. I think he is he is putting himself into the category with some of the other great innovative offensive coaches in the NFL. And so there's always going to be value with the weapons on that team because he's just that good at scheming guys open and finding ways to get guys involved and get and get and getting them in open space where they can make plays. Marquise Goodwin's obviously their top pass catcher. And the Rams secondary hasn't been that good lately. Like, like I love Marcus Peters. I, I do think that Marcus Peters playing through an injury has something to do with it. He's really struggling without Aqib Tlaib, who's not going to be back until later in the season. So the secondary is obviously susceptible. You can't. You probably can't afford to bench Matt Breida as he should be closer to healthy. I believe he was taken off the injury report this week. And so you're playing Matt Breida, who's been very effective. And the Rams defense just hasn't been that great in general. The problem is they score so much. Like, uh, the, the Niners are going to have to throw the football against this team because right now they look like they are impossible to slow down. I don't need to spend any time on Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is the best running back in the NFL right now. He is having an absolutely monster season, and he goes into your lineup without question. But you might be questioning Jared Goff, who's been quiet the past two games, hasn't done a whole lot as far as touchdown passes go. And he doesn't have Cooper Cup today. And Josh Reynolds, the guy who's supposed to step in for Cooper Cup, was now questionable before game time. I think he is expected to play, but there's actually a report floating around that Robert Woods is actually going to move over to the slot instead of playing outside, which bodes really well for him because that means he can avoid Richard Sherman, who is also questionable. But if Richard Sherman does play, Richard Sherman has actually been very, very good this season. He's been he's actually been locked down despite a couple of plays where he has gotten burned. Richard Sherman's still a very, very good cornerback. But if Robert Wood slides into the slot, he can avoid Richard Sherman. He's got a much nicer matchup in that spot. And Robert Woods, I think, is an elite caliber play. And obviously, as I say every week, you should just start the Rams pass catchers. You know, if Cooper Cup was playing, I would condone starting Cooper Cup. I would still play Robert Woods. And obviously, you're going to play Brandon Cooks. I kind of want to wait and see on Jared Goff. I, I I think Jared Goff is going to be a guy at some point who can be an every week starter for you because his offense is just too talented, and they can beat this 49ers defense. So you know, actually, you know what? Play Jared Goff. I'm starting Jared Goff this week. <laughs> Dallas at Washington. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott's the only elite offensive player in this game. This is a pretty gross game offensively. And you're obviously not benching Zeke in season-long leagues, but Washington's one of the better defenses in the NFL right now. They've been consistent all year long so far. They're only giving up 82 rushing yards a game, so he might struggle a little bit in this one, but you clearly aren't considering benching him. Dak Prescott ran a lot last week, and the Cowboys' offense was actually functional because of it, so I would expect a little bit more of that this week because that's the only way this offense is going to move the ball with Dak Prescott and the way it currently functions with Cole Beasley as their best wide receiver. I'm staying the hell away from all Dallas Cowboys wide receivers moving forward. So if you're texting in asking me if you should play Cole Beasley, no, you shouldn't. And you shouldn't chase the points with Cole Beasley. I don't think Cole Beasley is ever going to be a weekly starter, but he's going to be one of those guys who will have one of those games every now and then where he scores a couple touchdowns because Dak Prescott loves him. But you should never chase the points with a guy like Cole Beasley. As far as Washington goes, Adrian Peterson's averaging 4.4 yards per carry, which is absolutely astonishing because he is falling apart at the seams. He's just dealing with like seven different injuries right now. 
Sean Lee is expected to be back for the Cowboys in this one. The Cowboys defense has been really, really good overall. Chris Thompson's doubtful, and it sounds like he's not going to play. So it's going to be a heavy dose of Adrian Peterson. As far as the uh, Washington R's wide receivers go, I'm not playing Alex Smith. I'm not playing any wide receiver in this game in general on either side of the ball. Jordan Reed's probably the only guy you can play because you might not have anybody better to play in this one than, than Jordan Reed. But even at that, like th- this just has a this just has a gross offensive game written all over. I just don't really want anything to do with it. We gotta hit a quick timeout. When we get back, we're gonna take a look back at the Thursday night game, see what we learned from that, and we're gonna get you our sleepers, streamers, and bus. Fantasy Football Sunday, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back into Fanball's Fantasy Football Sunday. Right now, it's Thursday night this morning where we take a look back at the Thursday night matchup and try to tell you what we think we learned from it. I know Brian Johnson didn't wasn't interested in talking about the Thursday night matchup, but I am because I like talking about football. And the Cardinals are an absolutely terrible team, but they're mildly interesting right now in being that they just fired offensive coordinator Mike McCoy because he had just been brutally bad. He was basically making David Johnson a terrible player. Like... David Johnson, one of the most dynamic running backs in the NFL, who you need to get out into open space and get outside outside the tackle box. He was just running him up the middle every single time, just off tackle runs every every single time, just not even giving him a chance. When you have one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL, they promoted quarterbacks coach Byron Leftwich, which I, I, I'll be completely honest. I, I know who Byron Leftwich is as a player. I don't know anything about his coaching career, but based on what I've read so far is that People have very high hopes for him. They think he's going to be a very good NFL coach one day. They've got very high hopes for him as an offensive coordinator. So I am hoping that changes dramatically David Johnson's potential for the rest of the season because I love David Johnson as a player. I mean, that that team's one of the worst teams in the NFL, and that's not going to change that much. Like, they're not going to come out and just rattle off a bunch of wins in a row because of an offensive coordinator change, but it will hopefully help David Johnson's potential as a fantasy starter moving forward. you know, And as far as the Cardinals go, the rest of them, you can't do much with their pass catchers. I'm hoping this will just help Josh Rosen's development and he will take a step forward as a player because I still think that he has been good despite all of the things that are holding him back on that team right now. And as far as the Broncos go, Philip Lindsay has been fantastic and Royce Freeman suffered an ankle injury in that game. Philip Lindsay is going to be a top 15 running back moving forward, especially if Royce Freeman misses any type of significant time. So Philip Lindsay, if you went out and you added him, Philip Lindsay might be the waiver wire ad of the season. Tomorrow night, starting at six, the best hour in Kansas City Sports Radio right now, in my opinion, Therese Paler Show is live from the Grand Falloon on the Plaza. That's my spot, so I think I might have to stop by and hang out with the guys for a little bit. Therese Paler, Ron the Show, Hughley, Josh Vernier. It is an absolute must-listen for any of you out there right now. If you're a football nutcase like me, there is not a better sports hour of football talk in the city. But let's get to our sleeper. (laughs) 
I guess I don't know if he's much of a sleeper. You know, I almost went with David and Joku, but I think David and Joku was one of my picks last week because I love David and Joku very much. I think he is very, very talented. But this week, it is another Browns player. It's Jarvis Landry, who's been very quiet since Baker Mayfield took over. He had a monster game that night, but he's been very, very quiet so far as Baker has struggled to really find his footing. But as I mentioned multiple times, Baker Mayfield's next four matchups are all favorable matchups against bottom five pass defense, including your Kansas City Chiefs. I think Jarvis Landry going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers today, who are the absolute worst team in the NFL at guarding slot wide receivers, is going to be in for a very big day. And I think Baker Mayfield is going to be in for a very, very big day. Let's do our streamer. So, I mean, maybe he should be higher than I'm giving him credit for, but a lot of people are very, very high on Jameis Winston. I think Jameis Winston is going to be a guy that you can play a lot moving forward. I'm not convinced that Jameis Winston is a you know top 10 guy like he's being projected moving forward. I like his weapons. His offensive weapons are very talented, and they have potential to be a very dynamic offense. But they were supposed to do that last year, and they weren't very good. I mean, that being said, he's got a good matchup today with Cleveland, and I am buying all into this game this week because I think it has potential to blow up. But Jameis is just not a guy that I want to bank on, bank a ton on moving forward, but he should absolutely be in your lineup today. As far as our busts go... I can get the computer to play. Now, Drew Brees is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is a fantastic fantasy quarterback. But I want no part of Drew Brees today. He's coming off of a bye, so you so of course he's gonna be well rested. Still doesn't prepare him for what Baltimore is going to bring today. I told you guys early on in the year, I thought Baltimore was back to being one of the best defenses in the league. And they are without a doubt proving that right now outside of the one game against the Cincinnati Bengals where they got burned. This defense has been spectacular. They're they're brilliant against pass catchers. They're brilliant against quarterbacks. They're fantastic against pass catching running backs. And they're fantastic against the run. Like just across the board, they are stifling defenses. And I just don't like Drew Brees very much today. They're just getting better, by the way, as they get Jimmy Smith back in the fold, coming back from a suspension. And I just don't like any of the offensive weapons in this game. I just think the defense is just far, far too talented. And this, as I mentioned earlier, this feels like a very heavy Mark Ingram game. I think Mark Ingram's going to get a lot of carries today because they're going to try to bank on the power running game because I think that is the best thing that they can do. Those are our sleepers, streamers, and busts. I got two more matchups to get to. So if we can get the matchup music going, I'm going to try to burn through these really quick as Jay Binkley's coming up here in just a couple minutes. He's got you going until 11.30, and then you can catch the pregame of the Bears and the Patriots right here on 610. Cincinnati at the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, if I didn't pick Cleveland and Tampa Bay to be my loaded matchup of the week, this would obviously be it, as that is a common theme with Kansas City. But Cincinnati's offense is very good, too. And it's getting credit for being very good because it has been. A.J. Green's obviously in your lineup. Joe Mixon is obviously in your lineup as he has been an absolute workhorse running back. But a guy that's not getting enough credit, Tyler Boyd, has been absolutely fantastic today. 
he's probably going to be matched up with Kendall Fuller, and Kendall Fuller's been kind of a disappointment this year. So I really like Tyler Boyd in this matchup as well. I'm playing pretty much any Bengal I can get my hands on, including C.J. Uzoma, who is their lead tight end after Tyler Eifert went down for the year. The Chiefs have been god-awful against tight ends, so I like his potential as well. Joe Mixon, as I mentioned, is a workhorse running back who is just going to eat today. He's going to get all he's going to get all the rushes. He's going to get all the pass catching opportunities as Mark Walton's an absolute non-factor. So Joe Mixon should obviously be in your lineup. And if you are absolutely desperate, John Ross is available almost everywhere, as he should be. But I don't hate John Ross's potential to take one to the house in this game and burn the Chiefs over the top. As always, I don't need to explain very much about the Chiefs. The only the only Chief offensive weapon that you should be a little iffy about is Sammy Watkins, but I still like Sammy Watkins' potential in this game. Drake Kirkpatrick is not the same player he used to be. Sammy's probably going to see a lot of Drake Kirk- Kirkpatrick today. And as we've seen early on in the year, you could absolutely burn Drake Kirkpatrick deep. He is just not very fast anymore. He's an aging player who used to be pretty good, is not quite the same guy anymore. So I think you have to start every single chief offensive player in this one. Giants-Falcons Monday night. I know Eli is terrible, but with Aaron Rodgers, Big Ben, and Russell Wilson on by, I think I'm seriously considering playing Eli Manning this week. Like, no, no joke. The Falcons' defense is just that bad. He's getting Evan Ingram back, starting to get Odell going, and Atlanta just can't stop anybody. Like, Sterling Shepard, I think, is also worth the play this week just because we know Atlanta can't stop anyone. We know you can put up points against them. And I think Evan Ingram is going to be an elite person at the position as he's making his way back from injury. And I've got Evan Ingram in multiple lineups. So I think you have to get him in multiple lineups too. I'm not playing Eli in multiple lineups. I'm just saying if you're desperate, I'm going to play Eli. Obviously, you're playing your Atlanta guys against this Giants team. Giants defense a little bit better than it's getting credit for, but still not a great defense. You have to start Tevin Coleman. You probably have to start Edo Smith because he just got too much potential in touchdown departments. Calvin Ridley, Muhammad Sanu, questionable all week. They did return to practice late in the week, though. They are expected to play. I like both of their potential. And Julio Jones, probably going to be matched up with Janoris Jenkins, but you're not going to bench Julio. So, thank you guys for listening. It's been Fanballs Fantasy Football Sunday. You can hit me up on Twitter at Steven Cern. I'll still try to answer your lineup questions. Coming up next, Big Sunday. 10 to 1130. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.